Malik Jandali is composer-in-residence at Queen's University in Charlotte, where he graduated in 1997. Since graduation, he's become an internationally recognized composer and pianist, and his music has been performed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra, the Russian Philharmonic Orchestra, and more in venues such as Carnegie Hall and the Sydney Opera House. He's the founder of Pianos for Peace, a nonprofit dedicated to building peace through music and education. And he's the recipient of the 2014 Global Music Humanitarian Award. He has also been honored for working to preserve his Syrian heritage and was selected as 2015 Great Immigrant by the Carnegie Corporation of New York. John Dolly's composition, Elegy, will be on the program of the Charlotte Symphony Orchestra's Together We Rise concert on Thursday, January 18th at the Sarah Bell Gambrell Center at Queen's University. And uh, Malik, it's great to have you on Piedmont Arts today. Thanks so much. My pleasure, and thank you. Why don't we just start by talking about the work that's going to be on the program on January 18th about Elegy. Uh, is it correct that this was actually commissioned by... Queen's University? Yes, uh, my entire album, uh, which was my piano concerto album uh, recorded uh, with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, was my first commission for my residency at Queen's. It's going to be the world premiere, believe it or not, with the Charlotte Symphony. So it's such an honor that our own symphony, uh, the Charlotte Symphony, is doing the world premiere for this work. To me, as a living composer, I'm a big advocate that local orchestra should really embrace and feature local composers. And that's exactly what the Shara Symphony is doing, and I really appreciate that. So it's been recorded, but this will be the, the world premiere performance before an audience? Is that what that means? Correct, yeah. This would be the first world premiere, which is the first live performance uh, with an American orchestra. That's that's pretty cool. Will the Charlotte Symphony be performing any of your other works in the future, or do you know? We are working on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a couple of works, you know, and you know, I, I just uh, recorded a couple of my new concertos and symphonies with Marin Alsap and the uh, Vienna Radio Symphony Orchestra. Among them is my symphony number four, five, uh, six, and eight. And then two concerti for clarinet, featuring uh, you know the one and only Anthony Miguel of the New York Phil. Wow! And then yeah, and my um, violin concerto uh, featuring uh, Rachel. Uh, Rachel um, Barton Pine. And you know, yeah, Rachel Barton Pine from Chicago, and. Uh, this is going to be my next upcoming album featuring those two concertos. And those were commissioned by Marin Alsop and and uh, those artists. Or? And that's that's going to be that's going to be my next album uh, through my residency at Queens, okay. uh, featuring those two concertos. And then we are also working on the other symphonies that I just mentioned. Uh, it's led by Marin Alsop and the Vienna Symphony Orchestra. So you know what we are trying to do is to record all these works while you have a living American composer. <laughs> you know, the problem here with American orchestras, it's almost impossible to record and, and, and produce albums due to many reasons. So that's why we uh, actually record in, uh, and uh, I'm forever grateful for the leadership and the vision uh, of uh, Marin Alsap. Uh, absolutely grateful for Queen's support. That's interesting that it's, it's difficult to 
get new music recorded in the States. Can you tell us a little bit more about why that is? Uh, you know, there are different factors. Uh, you know, uh, American orchestras tend to be a little bit, uh, you know, managed differently than European orchestras. You know, the musicians in European orchestras are vested, are part of the organization and the managing board of directors. Uh, here, you have two different uh, bodies of organizations. And uh, so you have the music you know, body led by the music director, and then you have the board of directors for the business side. But uh, there's no one leader combining those two separate entities. And that's probably my fair analogy right. <laughs> or analysis for, uh, for, for what's going on. But, you know, it's, it's changing. You know, everything is changing. I believe the change comes from the community, from the people. And it's nothing new, you know. Let's, let's not forget, like, Mozart, his last, you know, major symphonies were not performed uh, during his lifetime. So uh, mm. uh, it's always a challenge to program new music for living composers you know, throughout history. So I'm, I'm grateful for this opportunity and uh, we're all trying to join efforts and uh, unite efforts to change the narrative and, uh, and uh, advance, you know, contribute to the advancement of classical music with all these new works of living composers because that's the music of today. So speaking of that, can you tell us a little bit about um, how and why you wrote Elegy? You know, after 2011, I have witnessed the eradication of my culture uh, due to dictatorship in Syria. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Syria and Mesopotamia is the cradle of civilizations. You know, my ancestors uh, invented not only the alphabet to humanity, but also music notation. The civilization of Ugarit invented what we know of the music notation and that changed the uh, the course of humankind uh, history from oral preservation into writing using a, a very unique and uh, creative technique called cuneiform where you use uh, wet clay tablets and that allows you to actually delete and uh, edit and <laughs> rather than engraving in, in, in stones or marbles. So um, from that civilization, witnessing the eradication as an American composer, I felt the duty to preserve what is left and presented through symphonic works. And that's what we are doing today. Uh, I'm on my eighth symphony. Have multiple concertis uh, in the recording process and in the writing process, uh, simply to preserve this beautiful, you know, heritage and culture for generations to come. So, if when people hear your works, and, and in particular, I'll bring up Elegy, since that's what's going to be in Charlotte, um, performed in Charlotte, January eighteenth, are they going to hear anything particularly Syrian uh, that they may? I guess they may or may not recognize it, but. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, the cornerstone of my uh, works, you know, my symphonic works is preserving and presenting the Syrian heritage. In my humble opinion, Syrian music to me is kind of a global music just because of the uh, origin of the land, the location, having the Silk Road, which was the internet of the era. You know, the Silk Road didn't go just east and west or west and east. It was you know, interactive, and music was part of it, you know, spices, colors, uh, trade, um, knowledge, and music. 
So um, it happened that Mesopotamia or current Syria or Iraq uh, or Palestine was the area to preserve the music, the tunes, uh, what we call them, the modes or maqams. Uh, you know, many times they call them the Arabic maqams, but the majority of these maqams or modes came from Persia, from India, from the Far East, from all over interacting. And uh, I feel lucky that, you know, that region preserved it. All humanity should unite together to preserve that heritage, especially when you have churches in Syria where Jesus Christ himself preached. You have uh, synagogues, one of the oldest in the world in Aleppo, not just destroyed, but eradicated. Mosques, you know, uh, Roman cities like Palmyra, uh, ancient, you know, Greek. I mean, everybody was in Syria from Napoleon to the Greek, to the Ottomans, to the Crusaders. <laughs> um, <laughs> symphony, you know, the term symphony means to sing together. Uh, to unite and to preserve what is left in that beautiful culture. Well, humanitarianism and education uh, clearly are important to you and a big part of your career. And uh, you've got uh, Pianos for Peace, which is a nonprofit. Um, can you say a little bit more about why you think music is such a powerful tool or why it uh, interacts so uh, strongly with the notions of humanitarianism and education and why it drive you know, how, how all this comes together for you. This seems to be a real calling for you. You know, music, unlike any other form of art, is intangible. You know, when you're coming to the Charlotte Symphony concert at Queens, you're not going to see music. You're not going to touch it. However, it's going to touch your heart. It's intangible, but very powerful. And the composer decides the amount of time uh, needed to experience that form of art. For example, you know, if you go to the Mint Museum and observe like a Picasso, you decide if you want to spend two minutes or two hours. But with my elegy or my symphony, I decide how much time I need from the listener or the observer or the, you know, my audience to experience this piece of art. So I like that idea, uh, especially, you know, time is the most valuable asset of humanity. I'm forever grateful to my liberal arts, you know, education at Queens. I truly believe combining both music education and liberal arts uh, is crucial for the uh, development of an artist. Uh, therefore, you know, I would have never thought about creating or founding my own nonprofit, not having my liberal arts education, my business education. You know, as an artist, I started my master's in business at Queens. And uh, having that, you know, liberal arts education, polishing, you know, your ideas and uh, combining it with the arts and music uh, gave me the right tools to reach where I am today rather than being stuck in a conservatory in a room for nine hours and not being exposed to all these other facets. Uh, you know, throughout history, musicians or artists, you know, they used to be business people, sometimes doctors, philosophers. They went into medicine, astronomy, and music. Um, I like the diversity uh, of things. So um, Pianos for Peace, you know, was the natural extension of my musical journey after touring the world. I felt back to give back to to my community, especially with the uh, 
I would say, unjust education system in this country. You have big gaps between underserved and uh, you know well-established uh, communities. Frankly speaking, I don't like the idea that you know public schools are funded based on the income in in, in certain uh, zip codes. You know, like you know, in Atlanta, you go towards the airport and the schools look like. I don't know if they look like schools, <laughs> to be honest with you. Mm. Uh, no music, you know, the music has been hijacked. Uh, but, you know, you drive 40 minutes to a well uh, community like uh, that is well, uh, doing well economically. You find the orchestra, you find the good schools. And to me, that was a shock. I mean, here we are in America and different schools have different qualities. And like Europe, or even my uh, country, you know, which is a dictatorship, the education was federally funded. You know, if you are in a poor community or if you're in a rich community, everybody gets the same funding because education is a right for all. And that's the advancement of our nation. So from that perspective, I felt, you know, the need, again, as an American artist, as an American citizen, I love my American citizenship, just so you can know. <laughs> <laughs> I felt the need to, uh, to fill the gap and do what I can do by, you know, uh, engaging local artists, especially in underserved, changing the narratives about pianos. You know, we paint all these pianos uh, every year. This year, we, uh, we displayed 50 colorful pianos all over Metro Atlanta. A couple of years ago, we brought the program through Queen's University to Charlotte, and we displayed five pianos, and we donated them to schools and underserved as well. And uh, after the festival, when we engaged the entire community, the police department, public parks, the airport, you name it, you know, the public transport system, we take all these pianos and we donate them to schools and underserved, schools that are in need. Uh, nursing homes in underserved communities for, you know, for the elderly and uh, healthcare facilities, community centers, uh, just to, you know, to bring back these colorful pianos. And what we are trying to do is basically to bring hope uh, and bring unity back to the community through the soft power of art and these colorful pianos. So our slogan is, you know, building peace through music and education. And uh, to me, it has been a wonderful journey, having amazing sponsors such as, you know, major corporations such as Coca-Cola, uh, Queen's University, uh, the World Summit of Education, uh, the city of Atlanta, and hopefully soon, once we come back to Charlotte, we'll have the city of uh, Charlotte involved in the mayor's office and uh, replicate our success story in Charlotte. I was just going to ask you if you had more plans to, to come this way, so... Um, fingers crossed that will work out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, you know, uh, there's, there's no better way than music and the arts to unite the community and, and change the narrative and uh, bring hope to, uh, to people in need, especially in underserved. Absolutely. I think we believe that here at WDAV too. So, well, Malik Jandali, I want to thank you so much for taking time to talk to us today and, just a, a reminder, he is composer-in-residence at Queen's University in Charlotte. He's a graduate of Queen's, and his work, Elegy, will have its world premiere performance January 18th with the Charlotte Symphony in their Together We Rise concert. That'll be at Sarah Bell Gambrell Center at Queen's University. Malik, thank you so much uh, for talking to us. 
My pleasure, Rachel. It's always better to be together in a symphony for peace. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. You've been listening to Piedmont Arts.